You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. Thanks for being with us today. I'm Leanne Dolan. I'm here in the Wondry Sunset Studios. I'm a writer and producer in Los Angeles. And Liz, I'm happy to be here today with you. <laughs> happy to be here with you, yeah. Leanne. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm the middle sister. I live in Santa Monica. I'm a marketeer. i got two big announcements to make today. Number one, Julie has the day off. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, we will be the only podcast in America this week not discussing the Game of Thrones finale. Okay. okay. We make this promise to you. <laughs> We are not even mentioning it, except for saying we're not mentioning it. Right, Leon? Unless you had some surprise for me. No, no. did not. Nope. Didn't nope. care. Felt alone. Felt nope. alone Sunday night. <laughs> felt alone in the world. But no, no. All good, Liz. But we are mentioning many other significant things. Yeah. Oh, I did have a little update on my phone because oh, I know please. you said we're not allowed to talk about phones on the show. By the way, people may not know that Leon produces the show. Mm-hmm. So when we put together an outline for every episode, we basically all pitch ideas. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. And then we have a phone call on Monday for Tuesday's recording, and we discuss, and Leon puts them in order and also tells you, no, that's boring. We're not talking about that. <laughs> or keep it short. <laughs> keep it short. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Some things, Quick hit. Some you know. things do not, like this, does not sustain a long setup, right. which I just gave it. Anyway, I know last week I said I was going <laughs> to go buy a new phone, so I did. I won't tell you any more about the phone. But I got to the store. I went through the whole phone process. And then at the end, I realized I didn't even have my wallet with me. So, like, how do you pay for the phone? Luckily, on my phone, I had Apple Pay. So I could pay for the phone with Apple Pay. So that worked out great. But then I went downstairs and I thought, oh, my God, I can't pay to get out of the garage. (gasps) What do you do? Oh, I've had that. Oh, it's terrifying. That has never happened to me before. But 59 minutes, I was like literally, you get one hour free. (laughs) I was running to my car when I realized what time it was because that would have been embarrassing. Yes. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure they have a protocol for that. Right. It happens. I have just never gone through that before. Here I am with my new iPhone, but no, I don't even have a dollar with me. (laughs) It all worked out fine. Liz, that was exciting. Yes. See? See? Good story. Not about a phone. Keep it short. Keeping it short. (laughs) All right. Today on the show, uh, we're going to do a follow-up about the New York Times article. We had a couple of great postings and emails from working moms out there wanted to let us know Mm -hmm. about how they're managing. Mm -hmm. I don't even want to say work-life balance. You can't say it. No, there's no such thing. But (laughs) we'll talk about that. Uh Liz, we're going to talk about my generation, Gen X. Oh, finally getting our I always forget you have your own whole generation. Yeah, I do. The smallest ever, though, right? So it's easy to forget. Stop it, Liz. Stop it. Because <laughs> there are things you're doing every day that we're responsible for. All right? Just, Good and we, bad. We no made doubt. your life better. Okay. Can't wait to hear that. We just don't need all the credit like you boomers <laughs> or like millennials think they invented, I don't know, friends. Okay. Uh, what else are we talking about, Liz? I'm going to my college reunion. Okay. There's just a lot, you know, there's a lot of anxiety prepping for a yeah, college reunion. Sure. So I'm going to review some of the things making me anxious. And, you know, Liz, I appreciate that you spent a whole day at the Netflix food day uh-huh. because you really, really don't cook. This and is so- not my lane. I know. <laughs> this is why it's so exciting that I have not one, not two, but three whole stories about food because, yeah, I was at a presentation all day Sunday, which I invited you to because I thought, you would understand these things. Right. Uh, but anyway. I was at my investment club, Liz. I, would I couldn't have, come. At an upcoming episode, I would like an update on that. Okay. Because how's that going? Anyway. So, yeah, I do have f- food trends, more like people things. Uh, you know, yeah, food. Me. Okay. It's exciting. Out of my lane. I can do that when Julie's not here. Extra time. Lots of talk about food. Okay. And trends, which is normally her lane. <laughs> All right. But first, I just want to give you an update on the party prep and my painting. That's you right. Know. You're painting your house for the party you're holding this weekend. <laughs> right. So, TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. I know. 
because we have had some unexpected May gray rain here in Southern California. Mm. I know in other parts of the country that might not sound crazy <laughs> to get rain in May, but it is relatively unusual to have two full rain days yes. for the painting. So, so that's a setback. It is going to be an up-to-the-minute situation to see if we can finish everything. But what I can tell you is this. The color I picked is bold. It's Brooding Storm. But it looks fabulous. Brooding Storm is the name of Brooding the... Uh-huh. Storm is Ooh. the name of the color. And what would you... Is it blue? It's a it's a gray, grayy with an undertone of blue. Oh, oh. It's hard to actually pin it down. Some lights it looks bluish. Other lights it looks gray. There's a little bit of green in it. It's grayy. Oh, oh. It's very nice, but it's strong. You know, it's, it's, it's a bold color. Yeah. And so... In my neighborhood, not a lot happens. Okay, this is, I mean, people have lived in my neighborhood. We've been there 22 years, and we feel like newcomers. (laughs) People have been there 40 years. We have a neighborhood where it is part of a National Historic Registry. Uh And I only mention that because it means you can't do anything to your house. You cannot change the front of your house. It's done. So there's no, we're never going to be able to like up the curb appeal with a porch or with this or with that. You have paint and you have landscaping. Well, you do a lot with flags. I know. And and Liz, we bring in some flags. You do. Because other people have much fancier houses, you know, strong Uh Monterey colonials or beautiful English tutors. We have a lot of craftsmen in the neighborhood. Our house is just sort of generic old yeah. house. It's but if you've cute. ever seen a car commercial, you've seen your street. Yes. Because they just shoot a lot of yes. cars. Because the houses there look good. They look good. We have old trees. It's, again, it's a historic neighborhood. And, again, you have to keep up your house because it's a historic neighborhood. So the paint color is, I mean, this is it. The neighbors are weighing in. They're excited. There's a really? lot of interaction. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yesterday, Liz, it was important. We got the word from all the gay men in the neighborhood. They're on board with us, Liz. <laughs> They're approving your yes. color? Like, individually, they sought us out. Eric <laughs> saw Gary. We got David. We got Peter. We got thumbs up. from. Nice. That's important. Yeah. You know, the design team there. And uh, But then we did put up a couple of samples of our front door paint. And that has become a huge interactive really? thing for the neighborhood. Do people just text Texting you? in. I, oh. I like the coral color. Technically, it's a geranium. There's also, uh, it's a called a muted berry, which is a purplish color. So it's exciting now because two people stopped me yesterday and they're like, what's happening with the front door color? What's it going to be? Because it's now just painted with the primer. And I'm not going to tell them. We're going to oh. have... You're going to have <laughs> a reveal? I'm just going to put the paint up. Like a gender reveal party? I'm going to have a door paint reveal. Or like a fixer-upper thing where you like slide boom. the picture yeah. apart. Like the old house, boom, boom. new house. <laughs> so... so you know, that's great news. The irony, of course, of this whole thing is Saturday night, it's supposed to be cold and damp. So the outdoor <laughs> engagement fiesta with uh-huh. the steel drum that Julie forced me to hire. Yeah, yeah. that's happening inside the house. Oh. So we've <laughs> now spent a lot of time and energy on the outside. On the outside. So I am forcing people to have drinks on the porch because okay. I don't care how cold it is. I don't care if it's pouring rain. You are standing in that backyard and listening to that steel drum. If it kills me. And that then, is so mom. <laughs> and then we're going to move inside for okay. the for the taco portion. But um, we're looking forward to it. It'll be down to the wire, but it's looking good. Okay. Looking good. Well, I I think I've previously explained that I had a conflict on this weekend. Mm-hmm. I will not be at your party because I am attending my college reunion. And I'll I'm only going to say this out loud once. It's my 40th reunion, <laughs> okay. which is insane yeah. to me because yeah. I don't think 1979 <laughs> was that long ago. So class of 79, Brown University, seems like <laughs> yesterday. But nope. It's insane to me because I remember your graduation vividly because uh-huh. it poured rain. Yes, it did. And so I just sat in one of the dorm rooms and ate Rolos. That's, <laughs> I was great. Glad it was so emotional <laughs> for you. So, yeah. you know, the thing is, if you're going to attend one of your college reunions, it's all about the prep with your friends, like who's going to yeah, go. Sure. Like, so we did rally like a course group. You know, there's like right. half a dozen of us Good. that we're all like, we're all in. And uh, and then just last week, I got the dreaded email from one of them. This is the email you don't want to get. The one that says, what are you wearing Friday night? Oh, right. right? So that, that just sets off a flurry right. of like self-doubt. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> there's a big campus dance on Friday night. Oh, okay. So one of us actually remembered what we wore 40 years ago, which is 
I, I mean, that just that we wore like fancy dresses, not exactly what oh, our dresses okay. Were. I don't, I have no intention of, of doing that now, but I haven't quite figured this out. But you're kind of at a point now where this is Friday night where you don't really have any time to get taller or lose weight or <laughs> restore your skin elasticity, which is really what I would like. So the only physical change I can make that I think will have some impact is a pedicure. Oh, so, yeah. Good, go for that. it. Um, I also really don't have any time to acquire a spouse or several <laughs> adorable children I can talk about. So at a certain point, you just realize you have to go as you. Whatever whatever you are, just go with that. Yeah. Because 40 years in. Right. So then I was I was like on the class website and I realized, oh, there was an actual list of the people who have signed up to attend. Yeah, that's fun. Which is a huge advantage over years ago when you just you had that terror of am I going to recognize anyone or remember their names or any of that. So I was perusing the uh, class of 79 registered alumni list. And I got to say. I'm just amazed how few people on this list I've ever heard of. Really? I don't know. It just seems like there's like, I don't know, maybe 20 people here whose names ring a bell out of, I mean, there were only a thousand people in my class and apparently there are like 300 of us showing up for the reunion. I think that includes family though. Anyway, so there's a smattering of people I know, right? but mainly people I was like, I just never heard of that person. Like, here's one. Um, not to make fun of anyone's name or anything, but wouldn't you think you would remember if you had a guy in your class named Doodlesack? That that's <laughs> okay. Especially, that is not. That's is his that name. his first or last name? That's his last name. Okay. <laughs> but Doodlesack. Doodlesack. Yes. Let's not mock him. But it is interesting to me that I have no recollection of it. Yeah. And he's directly underneath me, alphabetically, Dolan, oh. Dolan to Doodlesack. That's it. Wow. So how did I never notice that before? You would think I would have. Because you certainly would have mocked it in college. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> even if you're over that now. Yeah. Yeah. I know. That's true. <laughs> and the list is basically your name and your, like, mine just says 79. But if you have advanced degrees that you got at Brown University, that's listed. And if you have children that went to Brown University. Oh, okay. That, so you might be a P20. Got it. So there's one total overachiever here, Alan. Of course, I did not know this guy either because he's class of 79, then he's MD, then he's P19 and two P21s. Wow. So three kids, including twins. Wow. And and he's a doctor, whatever. So I'm not surprised (laughs) I didn't know him at all. My friends were not in the overachieving category. But then there are a few that warms your heart when you see that, like, oh, look, Jim and Johanna, they're still married. You know, yeah. you can see, like, right. the original name, and the woman has her maiden name. And so, oh, still married to one of their kids. Anyway, so I'm studying the list yeah, because at least you have some advanced mm-hmm. opportunity to try to remember people's names. Like, so. I uh, think at 40, though, you, it's okay if you say, I don't recall you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I yes. did know you. I think it's 40, you know. Well, I'm just hoping that the name tags have giant first names yes. on them. Yeah. You know, because that's all you really need to. Right. You don't need to remember doing no. a sock. No. <laughs> but now you're going. Probably, probably you're never going to forget it. Well, you, you need to meet him. <laughs> okay. Well, if there's any kind of an alphabetical lineup, I, I'm going to meet him. Maybe so, he's single, Liz. <laughs> Liz Maybe. Doodlesack. <laughs> Welcome to the Dolan Doodlesacks, or the Doodlesack Dolans. Okay, two, uh, two other things about college reunions. I think he's a clown, and he changed his name. <laughs> I think that's what happened. So I was Googling advice for going to college reunion, not because I really needed it, but I thought it might be funny for the show. Sure. And almost none of the advice is funny, so I ditched all of it. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it's stressful for people. I'm not stressed about this now. I'm just ready. But one of the things that came up on a lot of these lists of how to make the most of your college reunion is to give up any old grudges you have. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised how much that came up, Leanne, because first of all, I I don't even remember these people. How am I going to rem- <laughs> remember grudges I had against them? But also, I think I'm not a I'm not a grudger to begin right. with, and I'm certainly not a grudge holder. Do you do you have any grudges against people you went to college with that you've had to let go of? Nah, like what? 
There's some bad blood. Just, you know. <laughs> just bad. <laughs> yeah. I can see generally people you didn't like. Or just, yeah, someone, yeah. I mean, it usually was like romance, romantic. You sure. know what okay. I mean? There's yes. that yeah. There's that whole thing. Yeah. My husband has a couple of very strong grudges. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And he went to the same college you went to, but you were in different classes, right? right? Yeah. But, and so, and one of the, the grudges he strongly holds is against a guy in my class. Oh. And so he, so he, he brings, ruins your reunion. He ruins my reunion. <laughs> we have to talk about it. Every time, you know, I've been on the organizing committee and he's like, I don't want so-and-so in this house. I'm like, okay, come on. Come on. But he Can just, you share what his beef is? I don't I don't no. want to. Okay. I went to a very small school. Okay. Uh, uh, so people, so would, people be would understand. Connect the dots. I, I feel it's a valid grudge, though, Liz. Okay. I will say this. It, it combines... Everything it combines integrity, sports, and romance. Okay, so I, I don't need and, and and academic. Your husband honesty. is so, a man of value. Uh, yes. yes, so he's okay. You can tell me during the break, yeah. but then when we come back after the ads, I will announce whether or not I think it's a legit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. One other note is. Um, because, you know, you can't have a serious a big college reunion without some total downer events. And so but I'm not sure if this is going to be a downer or not, but um, the email I got about it was a little bit of a, of a downer. So Class of 79 got this very chirpy email just yesterday about the um, Alzheimer's screening they're going to be doing. And they're going to do a big scientific presentation on the latest Alzheimer's research because, of course, somebody at the medical school is doing all this fancy stuff. And it's being held in a building, um, Barris Holly, which, of course, is a building I never went into yeah. in four years of college. I didn't go to, into any of those buildings. But then, uh, so it's a presentation, and then you get a little little genetic testing, little oh, wow. light genetic testing on Saturday morning. So then I read down to the part where it says, why the class of 1979? And it's the rate of Alzheimer's disease doubles every five years after age 65, such that 30 to 50 percent of those aged 85 or older is affected now is the prime time for us to join the citizen army fighting both fear of Alzheimer's dementia and its progression. So they want to test, and this is voluntary, of course. You're not, you're not required, <laughs> required to do this. But if you're between the ages of 58 and 78, so I'm 61, and you would like to sign up, um, you can be tested for genetic markers associated with increased risk of developing Alzheimer's at the swab stations. Always a party at a swab station. Yeah. Swab stations that will be set up in the Watson Center for IT, whatever that is, following the presentation. So debate. Wow. Fun Saturday morning. Yeah. Huh? yeah. I mean, we have Alzheimer's in our yes, family. We do. So I'm certainly interested in being part of any study that will help cure it, especially right. if it could help me, right. for instance. Right. But anyway, so that's. Um, oh, that's interesting. That's a, yeah, something to think about. Report, yeah. report back. I will. <laughs> Otherwise, it looks like it's going to be fun. And we have uh, all kinds of social events, and there's the big. Uh, Friday night, there's like a class dinner, and then there's the dance. and so. But it's a trains, planes, automobiles situation for me. So I'm flying to New York, staying with a friend in New York City Thursday night. Then we're taking the train to Connecticut Friday morning. A friend who lives in Connecticut is picking us up in her car, and we are driving to Providence, Rhode Island, and then reversing, coming back. So we will have the road trip fun plus the actual time together as a bigger group. So I'm kind of excited. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that'll be great. That's great, Liz. I'm glad you're going. I'm sorry you missed our party, but I'm glad you're going. Okay. Uh, are you going to be giving away any college tuition while you're there, Liz? Because that was no. the feel-good story of How the weekend. How about that? You yeah. mean the Morehouse story, yes. right? Yes. Uh, billionaire Robert Smith. Is mm -hmm. that his name? Yes. Uh, for some reason, I didn't pull it up. Uh, he was the commencement speaker at Morehouse, and at the end of his speech, he shocked not only the college, but all the students by saying, I'm paying off all your student loans, Can which you? is just unbelievable. First of all, he's just set the bar impossibly high for every other billionaire. <laughs> or any ever. college speaker of any kind. Right. Like, I mean, you can't expect a normal person to pay off college debt, but if you're you know, worth over $500 million, I feel yeah. like you're on the hook now for yeah. some college debt. Some kind of dramatic gesture. Yeah. 40, yes. Robert 49. F. Smith is yeah. his name. 
Yes. Oh, music started to play. So he's a tech he's a tech executive or hedge fund, hedge fund guy. Made a ton of money, your first black billionaire, and he just paid off all those loans. And the feel-good stories, when you saw the guys, they were shocked. And yes. some of them had a hundred thousand dollars in debt, and that is takes a lifetime to pay off. Yeah. You know, the average student debt coming out now is thirty-three thousand dollars. Wow, so that's just insane. That's a lot of money, you right. know, paying off two hundred and fifty dollars a month. When yeah. it was something like that. And so this is not the solution, billionaires paying off college debt. Like, this is not the solution for kids. But I would like was, to reinforce that. We yeah. still have to fix the college debt problem. Right. It's still crazy that you have to take out $100,000. Yeah. And you can argue maybe you shouldn't take out $100,000 to get a college education. But these guys really lucked out. And uh, But how fun to be in the audience yeah. and have that sort of that realization just sort of – because I'm sure – from what I saw in the news, when he first said it, people first didn't quite get it. Right. Then there was a ripple. Yeah. Then there was a cheer. Then there yeah. was insanity. <laughs> yeah. As you just realized. <laughs> and then how would you feel if you were the class of, say, 2020? I know. Or 2018? I know. Bummed. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is like winning the college debt lottery. So yes. it, was a, it was a fantastic, fun gesture. And let's hope, you know, that I, I don't know, if I was a rich person, this is a pretty great way to... Yeah. Spend some money. Yes. Of course, it reminded me of The Office where <laughs> Michael pledges to pay for kindergarten for these, pay for college for this kindergarten classroom. And then when they're actually graduating, he can only afford like <laughs> pens for them or something. <laughs> I forget. He gives them like computer covers or <laughs> it's just a classic yeah. office. Once you make that commitment. Yeah. Yes. So I know someone on the Facebook page will correct me at what Michael Scott actually gave that class. <laughs> and then the other thing this weekend happened in Los Angeles, but also an excellent use of rich people's money. Same thing happened at the Museum of Contemporary Art. That's a great museum in L.A., mm -hmm. but it has like a 15 to $20 entrance fee. So the chairman of the board, a woman named Carolyn Clark Powers, she just stepped up. She donated $10 million. It was her birthday. She announced it at the gala. Like, this is it, $10 million free admission now at the Museum of Contemporary Art in Los wow, Angeles. Wow, that's which great. Which is great. And yes. it was a huge gala with a lot of artists there. They actually invited the artists this year. So Ed Rusha was there and yeah. all these other cool artists. And they said everyone just stood up and started yelling and screaming and cheering because it's great. It's yeah. access for the people. So yeah. that's good. Let's give your money away. It's a good thing to do. I don't have any, but if you have some, <laughs> if you got to give it give away. It away. Yeah. Give it away. Make people happy. Okay, Liz, we have a little bit of time. Do you want to do this people walker story or save it? No, I think I'll save it. Okay. Because I feel like we're, we got to move on. Yeah. Yeah. Website? Well, website, yeah. Okay, I just want to remind people. Thank you, producer Leah. Yep. You know, the. I just want to remind you that we have a website called SatelliteSisters.com where we have, um, we always have the show notes from every episode posted there, and that includes links to all of the news stories we talk about, but also links to all of our ads that we talk about. Also at the website, all kinds of information about us, so especially if you're new to the show, bios, cute photos, things going on there. And our complete audio archive is there. There were a few people on the Facebook group this weekend that couldn't figure out where they could find the very old shows. So they should be on any app that you use if you're on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Stitcher or anything. They're all there. But if you really... If you can't find it or whatever reason the app is not easy for you to operate, they're always at SatelliteSisters.com. So there you go. Not all not all shows have, like, full-on websites, but we do. We do. So please feel free to use it. Yeah, and it, there's a search feature as well. Yes. So oh, right. it actually so, works. Like, we were doing some research ourselves in the archives yesterday, Leon and I, and we just entered in the words, Downton Abbey. <laughs> to see how many episodes we had where we talked about Downton Abbey, and there were a lot. Yeah. So uh, anyway, yeah, you can search through any old episode right there on the page. That's SatelliteSisters.com. All right, stay with us. We have more coming up. We're going to talk about Gen X and a few other great, the Greedy Office, a few other things. But first, we're going to hear a word from our sponsors. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we, we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day, just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life. 
aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSISTERS at OSEAMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. (laughs) In their skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils. I love it all. That duo they have going. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the mega moisture duo. Yes. You can you can literally see your skin get firmer and it just delivers <laughs> this full body glow. Okay. You know, we have raved about the Andaria algae body oil. Mm-hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria collagen body oil. Youthful, yeah. Liz. A youthful yeah. glow is going to happen. <laughs> and it's infused with Osea's signature Andaria seaweed. So it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself (laughs) because you're worth it. (laughs) That's that's true. That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code SADSISTERS. So this is it. This is a win-win-win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSISTERS at oseamalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to oseamalibu.com and use code SATSISTERS for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz. My hair from Pros is getting rave reviews. Leon, I am not surprised. You have been on that Pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. Do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Lee and Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when my hair is really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you're the boss. I'll take it. (laughs) You tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leans. Okay, and I'm I'm using it. Pros mm-hmm. isn't just better for you; it's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty free, and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. So, Pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, Pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. All right, we're the Satellite Sisters. We're back. So, Liz, I have to ask, do you think grudge-worthy or not? Yeah, totally grudge-worthy. <laughs> okay. Just because, I mean, your husband is an upstanding he is. citizen. He is. And I can see, you know, maybe not the best use of his emotional <laughs> energy, but if you are a man of values slash grudges, this is a good one. Okay. All right. All right. We want to do a follow-up. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the story about working mothers and working fathers uh, from the New York Times. And the, the uh, you know, the broad reach of that story was that, you know, highly educated women, they're going into a marriage, also married to highly educated men, and they discover that, no, the split is not 50-50, that, mm-hmm. you know, something has got to give and someone's got to give up a piece of their career so that the other person can succeed. And that right. is not what researchers expected to find. They thought they'd find this 50-50 work split and it's more like 80-20, meaning 
the man works like 80% of the mm -hmm. time, brings in 80% of the income, and his career advances at a much faster rate than the woman who, once she has children, has to cut back. Right. It's what they call greedy jobs in some of these fields, where because to have any of these jobs, you're expected to be like on call 24-7. It really just does become impossible in a family for both people to have jobs like that. Right. So, but some couples, they really have to do it. And one of those kind of couples is doctors. Yeah. So we were really pleased and really touched to get a letter from Dr. Krishnan, Dr. Amrita Krishnan. Okay. First of all, she says, I love your show. I listen to it on my commute from Orange County to the City of Hope Daily, which is Quite a commute. That's that is, quite a commute. I like I got stuck just on that. I like, know. Oh my God! I'm so glad we can be there for you on your commute. That's right. a long day. Just the back and forth. And we were really struck because you are doing great work there. The City of Hope is a world class cancer research institute. I have many friends who have been treated there. It's an unbelievable place. I've sat in your chemo rooms with my friends. I've been to fundraisers. They do incredible work there. So she said your podcast on dual career couples struck a note as many women doctors struggle with this. I thought you'd find this publication from the American Society of Clinical Oncology of interest as it gives the child's point of view. Amrita, Dr. Krishnan, thank you so much for writing us because you sent this charming article where your daughter is quoted about what a fantastic role model your mom is. Your daughter wrote, I will always admire my mom for the way she puts everyone around her, family, friends, and patients before herself. And I'm so grateful to have such a hardworking role model in my life who shows me it's possible to have both a professional career and be a caring mom. Okay, you are doing more than something right, Dr. Wow, Krishnan. Wow, that was great. Yes, thank you so much for contacting us. And, <laughs> I mean, we're here for you. You're yes. really doing hard work, so <laughs> the least we can do is entertain you. I know. <laughs> My gosh, we got to step up our game. No, we were really pleased to get that email and continue good luck with your with your career. Thank you for what you do. And then I mentioned, I just, just said a one-off comment, like, there's this whole group of women in their late 30s, early 40s who have who have stepped away from full-time work to raise their children. Then they're ready to get back in the workforce, and they don't know what to do. Yeah. And my husband said, that's who I should be looking for, like women in their 30s and 40s with maybe JDs or MBAs yeah. who want a career change and don't know how to get back in. I'm like, exactly. And then we got a great Facebook post from Katie Coletto. She works at a com company that has these things called returnships. Liz, have you ever heard of these things? I had never heard this, which is, Katie, um, thank you for sending it in, because I do do this other show that is career advice. So you would think I would have heard of this, or at least I know a lot of women my own age who have like been through that transition out of the workplace and back in. But returnships is a really strong concept, Liz. Right. I mean, she works at a software company, uh, and they have instituted this program where they take exactly this, people who are returning to work after caring for children or a family member so uh -huh. doesn't it's not all moms it's it's people who maybe had to step away to care for an, a sick parent uh they have at least like two to five years of work experience and they've been out of the workforce for two or three years which is exactly sort mm -hmm. of where a lot of working women land and then they want to go back in so they're paid internships at this company six to nine months where you can figure out what you want to do and where your skill set is perfectly designed for people who may be trying to change jobs Jobs, and maybe this is a completely new industry for you. But I just was really struck by that. Like, again, duh, makes <laughs> so know, much I sense, know. right? You can't, women, and I, I corresponded with Katie on Facebook, like, can you tell me what people, what the women are finding? Is it the technology that that um, intimidates to, them yeah, from yeah. jumping back in? Uh -huh. Because I see that with a lot of my friends. Like, they left when email was kind of new. <laughs> And they just never really kept up with their technical skills. Yeah. And so Katie, because she's a satellite sister, she went, she contacted the person in charge of the returnships. Well, of her course company. she did. Thank you, and, Katie. Yeah. And she said, she said, no, it's basically self-image. It's people are nervous. They're oh. too nervous. Like women really need a complete different mindset. And it's their self-image. Like people see them as this. And how are they going to go back into the workforce? So that's the biggest transition is just your own self-perception. Huh. So, Very interesting. But, uh, Katie, thank you so much for sending us that. Fantastic. We really, really appreciate it. The company name is Workday. I should yeah. mention that. Workday. So, so those are two great things from the Satellite Sisterhood. Yes. Thank yeah. you. We You're enjoy this community. You're out there doing it. You're, You're teaching, working hard. Teaching us so much. Right. 
Well, that was a story from the New York Times two weeks ago. And then this weekend they had another one, which, frankly, I'm skeptical about. Like, based on that one, how do you two weeks later run a story that is uh, headlined, Taming the Greedy Office from the Comfort of Home? So you can see this story is about how all these flexible work hours and technology and all of that allows more people to be flexible about where they're working. And so the hours can shift from being in the office to being at home. Now, I would make the obvious point that you're still working. You know, just because you're sitting at home doesn't mean right. it's not work. Right. And when you look at the nature of these greedy jobs, a lot of it is People come home, they do what they need to do with their family in the evening, and then at 9 o'clock after the kids are in bed or they've had dinner with their partner or whatever, then they're back on the email. I'm not sure that's a solution. I guess right. it's better than still being at the office. But anyway, so this has a list um, of how they're doing it. Businesses of very different sizes and specialties uh, use some of these strategies for offering flexibility. And the first one is ditch email for internal communication. Use Slack or text messages instead. Is that really a fix? Like if people yeah. start texting me at night, that's yeah. – I don't want that. Don't do that. Right. No. That is not a solution. <laughs> but it says people – um they pause before interrupting someone on text. So at least it stops them from texting people late at night. I know I get a lot of texts from Julie Dolan and from you super yeah. early in the morning, but especially Julie because she's two hours ahead. I always feel terrible responding to Julie's texts that you're on. I know you're a sleeper. Uh -huh. I know. And yeah. I, you know, well, she and sleeper, I both. It's wait. five o'clock in the morning. So <laughs> most people are asleep at five o'clock in the morning. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so all of this, one thing I've observed answering all these questions from listeners on my other show, Safe for Work that companies can have whatever policies they want, but unless you kind of retrain the leaders right. to really respect people's boundaries and establish them in a meaningful way, it doesn't matter because I can't tell you how many calls we get. I would say the majority of the issues we get from the people that call into Safe for Work are like, I can't leave the office because my boss doesn't want anyone leaving till she goes home or he goes home or my boss sends me emails all weekend and expects a response. So I think there needs to be like a boss school or something. Right. Like just, I guess that's what business school is. No, <laughs> but like really treating the people, you can have whatever policy you want, but unless the person who is responsible for your career is actually setting boundaries, respecting boundaries, you as the less powerful person can't be the one that really does that effectively, or it's so much harder for you to do. So, I mean, all of this stuff about the possibility of everything being more flexible and it's, right. it's only possible if your direct boss actually allows it to be the culture in your workplace. So that's so I'm constantly speaking up about that on the other show, like, come on, bosses, <laughs> you got to learn how to do this. And I do this because I know myself when I was in my 30s and managing a big team of people, um, I wasn't necessarily respectful, particularly with travel schedules and things. I don't think I was as aware as I should have been. But email was only just being invented. Right. So you still, a weekend was a weekend was a weekend. Right. And I know that makes me sound like a million years old, and that's true. Uh, class of 79, <laughs> as I've already divulged. Anyway, I think bosses need to change their behavior. <laughs> All right, Liz, speaking of, well, speaking of being a million years old, actually not, not a million years old, just 54 to 40 years old, because that is Gen X. Okay. So. Hey, wait a minute. It's what ages? 40 to 54. Okay. So those mm -hmm. are the, the Gen Xers now, the, the oldest, <clears throat> that would be me, are 54, uh -huh. and the youngest are just turning 40 this year. So you just squeaked into. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I feel. Yeah, I feel fully from a different generation than you guys. Than me? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, the rest I, of us. I mean, there's a year, you know, it's 65 is the first year that uh -huh. Gen Xers were born. But I feel like after the Kennedy assassination is probably a better marker, but mm -hmm. that's not what statisticians use. Okay. Regardless, Liz, we're coming into our time of power, even though no one gives us any credit, Liz. People think we're slackers for uh -huh. some reason because one movie came out during our formative years. That's a whole generation. That's it. They for us, it was our... Woodstock. 
Yeah, marked our generation. But Liz, that's not true. We're awesome, our yeah. generation. We're so awesome. The New York Times did a whole package on us this year. Oh, oh really? yeah, this week. Yeah, there you can go. There are slideshows. There are quizzes. There's an update on our man Evan Dando from Lemonhead. It's the <laughs> ultimate Gen Xer. You can, if you lived by the book, The Rules in the '90s, you oh. can relive it. Oh my God, I read that story. That yeah. was hilarious. Very funny. There's also another funny story about a current millennial trying to live like it's 1994. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which, so, you know, pre-smartphone, yeah. you know, really before, like, everyone had a personal computer and everything. Yeah. So the whole story is just her wandering around New York not knowing where to go. She's like, my gosh, <laughs> you spend so much time looking up things, addresses, <laughs> and people's telephone numbers. Trying like, to find a payphone. She Right. Uh, she couldn't use any cell phone. She had to use landlines. <laughs> Like, she she tried cooking from 1994. She tried Joan London's exercise tape. And That's she hilarious. she really enjoyed Joan London. <laughs> and then she had to go to the library to look up more on Joan London. So it's a great package. But the okay. main article was written by a guy named Alex Walker. And it's very funny. And he, here's what we love. And here's why we're awesome, Liz. We, okay. love, we love Benetton. Uh-huh. We love Lollapalooza. Yeah. We wore CK1, that, you know, male-female cologne, the first, like, oh, yes. anyone can wear it. Uh-huh. We love our Jared Leto. Okay. And we all remember where we were when the Challenger disaster happened. Okay. So that's kind that's of a true. marker for our generation. Mm-hmm. We're also socially progressive but fiscally conservative. Uh-huh. Is I would there a say, reason for that? I would say that's an excellent combination. Combo. Well, we did actually, this was one of the interesting points of the article. We did actually come of age when the words and the concept of being politically correct wasn't negative. Uh-huh. It was actually something that was positive. Yes. Like, th- oh, you know, maybe we should change our language to not reflect misogynistic or racist names for yeah. people. I'm for that. Yes. I'm still for that. I'm still for that. <laughs> it's why it bothers <laughs> that me. That makes sense to me. It, it's why it bothers. I guess that's why it bothers me deeply when people like use it as some kind of cudgel because uh-huh. like, no, there was actually a really like legit reason for it. We it was respect. Respect and yeah. understanding and yes. sort of letting go. So uh-huh. that is a hallmark of Gen X. But, you know, we're also fiscally conservative. We actually work a lot. Yes. You know, we are these we are these workaholics. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just go to work and keep our head down. We're not looking to, you know, take a lot of praise like the boomers. Oh, thanks <laughs> for stopping the war. We don't need that. But this was the key to me. Uh, And I thought this was an interesting point. We're the only generation that fully bridges analog and digital. Oh. Like, we grew up in an analogical, analog world, right? Yes. We understand how to use the Encyclopedia Britannica. Yes. But we also appreciate how awesome Wikipedia is. Yes. Like, we've... But isn't that the same for me? I don't count. I think you are an unusual boomer, to be perfectly honest. (laughs) A lot of boomers... Think about the some of the people in our family, like yeah. some of our brothers. Just not so techno? No, not yeah. techno. Like yeah. people just took a pass right. on a lot of technology. Well, so I was they, in the media business, so I think right. you're forced to. Right. Ad- yeah. Right. But whatever the latest tool is, you have to be on it. Yeah. Uh, so that's okay. so that's like you probably I have other friends who are boomers. I'm like, really? You don't understand word? I don't. How did that <laughs> But li- so many of our listeners are boomers, and you're listening to podcasts. No, I so know. Our you. people are different. Our people are totally advanced. I'm just saying, in Gen X, we had no choice. We yeah. were 25 when personal computers and emails happened. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't take a pass on email, yeah. you know? <laughs> like that. So we did uh-huh. learn both. Okay. Uh, and the generation behind well, us okay, was completely I'll give you digital. that. All right. How about this? Uh, first social network was not Facebook. It was Globe, invented by some Xers. Apparently, no recollection of that. Yeah, well, at one point they were worth $100 million, and then, like, the next day they were worth zero. But, <laughs> yep, those were two Xers. That still happens. How about Xers running Google? Do you enjoy the Google list? I do enjoy the Google. Okay, Sergey and the boys over yeah, there, Sergey yeah. and Larry, they're Xers. Uh-huh. Uh, Tesla, Elon okay, Musk I'm is tired an Xer. of him. And a yeah. Twitter, you know, love it, hate it. I'm super tired of him. How about hip-hop? Jack? No how about, Jack. How about hip-hop, Liz? Diddy, Jay-Z, yeah. Missy Elliott? Okay, yes. Enjoy, all, enjoy, enjoy. All Xers. Especially the Hamilton version of all of the above. <laughs> all Xers, Liz. So I just want to okay. salute my generation. And I have to say, this weekend, I feel like I had a perfect—I read this package last week in the New York Times. I enjoyed it. There was some chatter on our Facebook group about— 
how proud we are to be Xers, the few of us that are out there. Uh-huh. And then I went to a concert, which I would say is like a prototypical Gen X experience because it was small. It was a little club in Los Angeles. It was the two singer-songwriters who formed the base of Drive-By Truckers, uh-huh. which is an alt-country band that's been around a long time. But at this concert, what was amazing was a couple of things. First of all, they're from Athens, Georgia. So, they, yes. so okay, that's our generation because cool. we know R.E.M. Like they yeah. name-checked R.E.M. They name-checked Dave Perner from Soul Asylum and Winona Ryder. <laughs> okay. <laughs> our, our Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> and then this was a two-hour acoustic concert, Liz. Not a single word was said in the audience. No one was chatting. No one took out their cell phones. No one was really? holding them up, taping it. We just were quiet. We listened to the music. We enjoyed it. Oh. We clapped. Occasionally people would yell out, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> but there was no empty chatter and yelling and trying to talk over the band. Okay. And then we all got home by 11 o'clock. And it was excellent. <laughs> excellent. Yay. The total package of a Gen Xer night yes, out. Yes. Great nice. night out for Gen X. Look at you and your husband sort of doing it up. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, that was a late night for us. So... <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, well, congratulations, Jenna. Thank you. I'm glad we could give you this 10-minute segment to <laughs> praise yourselves. And we'll get back to this again maybe next year or the year after. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're the Satellite Sisters. Stay with us. Liz is going to talk about food. <laughs> well, I do eat it every day. <laughs> All right. But first, we want to thank a couple of sponsors. Liz, summer is coming up, and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and uh, chilling sure. there yes. with your with your butcher box. What what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in, in Bend for a part of the summer, yeah. I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's I mean, great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what uh what what I'm recommending. Yeah, either way, you're just going to buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that anyway? You I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good, and the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. ButcherBox gives you peace of mind and easy-to-find high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, no antibiotics or added hormones, and as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... It's nice. It's nice. <laughs> nice to have something familiar there. <laughs> yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for a year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Liz, you know, we love talking about frame bridge, don't we? We do. <laughs> because, <laughs> because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting Framebridge experience. Would I, I you did. like to share? Would you like I know, to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah, any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already frame-bridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the frame-bridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift-giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame, and FrameBridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, great for gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? 
Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but Framebridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds you like- you're going to be happy, okay? <laughs> and that's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or see a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's framebridge.com. Thanks, Framebridge. Okay, and we're back. Food news from Liz. <laughs> 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 I, you know, I do enjoy the shows about food because so often they are about culture and people. I mean, that's why I've always loved the all the Anthony Bourdain shows, just because it is so much about people around the world. And anyway, so the other day, uh, because I've explained before, because I'm an Emmy voter, this is the time of year when all of the Emmy Award campaigns are being run by various um channels. And Netflix did a whole day that is just that was highlighting some of their key food shows. So they do this because they want you to nominate them for an Emmy. Uh, so Netflix Food Day, I invited you. You could not make it. I thought you would be perfect. And uh, it was three shows being um, focused on. But the whole day was hosted by the food guy from the new Queer Eye. Have yeah. you watched the new Queer Eye? Yes. So this Anthony Porowski, yes. who's like charming and funny. Yes. And so he he hosted all three of the segments. But what's so funny is that, like, he doesn't really come across as much of a cook, frankly. No. And when I Googled him after I got home, there's just a lot of snark on the internet about what is the deal with this guy? Like, he the, on the episodes of Queer Eye, he's like, he teaches you to make guacamole or hot dogs or toasted cheese sandwiches. Right. So, but whatever. He was 100% charming. And the first, and he introduced Samin Nasrat, who is fantastic. You know, so she's a complete phenom now. She's the one that wrote Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. Have you watched that show? I have not watched it. Okay. All right. Well, so I bet it comes highly recommended from my friend Colin. Yeah. Or my son. <laughs> I like to call him my son. He's a cook, right? He yeah. enjoys he enjoys And he likes cooking. television. He likes food shows. Food shows. Particular. Okay. Well, yeah. it's too bad he wasn't around to come to this with me. He would have loved this. But what I enjoy when Samin came out, she's really having her media moment for sure. And when she came out, the first thing she did was give Anthony a hard time for putting yogurt in his guacamole. <laughs> I guess there was quite a Twitter backlash on that in the guacamole episode. Like, no, what kind of cook puts Greek yogurt in their guacamole? Yeah. Anyway, so they were fun. They were making pesto together. You know, they were, again, relatively simple thing. And she just is like so lively and energetic. Even if you're, even if you don't cook like me, right. you, you can still watch that show and get a lot out of it. So and she's Persian, correct? Yes, yeah, yes. Persian. I mean, Iranian-American. Yes, Iranian. So she yeah. talks a lot about some of the more traditional things that her mom made. And if you have Persian or Iranian friends, which I do, you've tasted a lot of these flavors and had a, like that big rice dish with yes. the crispy yes. edges and things. It's just so delicious. Anyway, so um, uh, so having watching Samin Nasrat was really fun. Then they did a whole thing about the show Chef's Table, which is a gorgeous series of mini documentaries about famous chefs from all over the world. What was interesting about the panel that they did on Sunday is they focused on two female chefs, Asma Khan and Mashima Bailey, and the two female directors that did their episodes. Oh. So it was it was very interesting to hear them talk about food and their kitchens and what it meant to them in a different way than like the fancy, fancy you know, three Michelin star screamers and yellers. Right. This was much more... Um, when they talked about kind of their mission about being in the kitchen, it was fascinating. For instance, so... Um, Asma Khan is Indian, but her restaurant, the Darjeeling Express, is in London. She moved to London when she was younger as part of an arranged marriage. Uh, wow. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and she is like, I don't know, my age, younger right. than me. Wow. Uh, and then got into the restaurant business, and she really believes her entire kitchen staff is female. And she said, and these are all people that if we if we were back home the way I grew up, 
we would never be around the same table together because the caste system or class system is so strong that you really never thought about the people in the kitchen making your food, and you certainly would never sit at a table with them. So a lot of her whole ethos about cooking and what the restaurant stands for is about bringing all of these people together. And she even said, like, part of her job when she chooses uh, the women who are working in her kitchen, she said, I really want my restaurant to be the voice of faceless and nameless women who have been making our food for all of these generations. Wow, that's powerful. Yeah, it's powerful. And the food looked delish, by the way. I mean, she was super funny. They asked her a question. Uh, One of the questions from the audience was, did you ever have any, like, happy accidents, either in the kitchen or in the making of the TV show, where you thought, uh, this is never going to work, and then it actually turned out to be great? And she said, no, no accidents in my kitchen. <laughs> so I, I really liked her. I really loved her confidence. Uh, and then the other woman, uh, uh, Mashima Bailey, runs the restaurant The Gray in Savannah. So I had seen her like an old episode of Top Chef. Okay. She was one of the visiting chefs oh, on, okay. on Top Chef. I think they did a whole season in Savannah, didn't they? Anyway, she was really interesting. And the perspective she had about her life was fascinating because she talked about how in her family, she's African-American, and in her family, the idea of going and working in a kitchen, her parents were just very down on that because their parents had all been domestics and had been sort of consigned to working in a kitchen or being, you know, cleaners. And so the idea that their daughter would be returning to work in the kitchen was something that she really had to work against with her parents. interesting. And so somebody asked them, like, was there ever a point where your parents were like, okay, I guess we're okay with this, you know. And she said, I had to win a James Beard Award before my parents finally said um, that it was okay. Anyway, they were both fascinating. So this is season six of Chef's Table. I recommend you go and watch the episodes about Asma Khan and Masha Mabeli. Uh, And then there was a last show uh, that I didn't... There's some baking show. Okay, now I didn't even write down... Oh, Nailed It is the name of the show. Oh, Nailed It. I've never even heard of this show. Okay. But it's, it's... it's a baking challenge, but by really bad bakers. Yes. And so I actually kind of enjoyed it. The two hosts are Nicole Byers, who's a super funny comedian, and Jacques Torres, I think his name was. So he's the real chef. Anyway, it was a super hilarious, like, people just making terrible-looking cakes that also tasted very bad. Uh, but it, it was wildly entertaining to watch. And our guy, Anthony, had to be one of the contestants in the in the food challenge there i'll just say this he did not win he (laughs) he did not win so all of it very entertaining two more things they gave me a gift bag which i thought i would pass on to you because you are uh more of a cook than i am so it's it's a bag for somebody feed phil oh that's a very funny food show okay yeah phil rosenthal who we've had on the show before but inside from everybody loves raymond i know both you and your husband do a lot of grilling. Oh, wow. So I thought you would enjoy the whole, like, grilling apron here. Oh, Liz. Uh, here you go. Netflix the, food. Netflix I like food it. food apron. Good. There you are. So I'm giving you that. Thank you. Uh, mainly because I know, like, in a million years, I would never wear that. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love aprons in the kitchen. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, one last note. the The other thing that went on. The last thing I'll mention, but it was the first thing they said, is John Favreau and Roy Choi came out. Now, this is John Favreau, the movie maker, you know, actor slash movie maker, not crooked media guy. And Roy Choi, um, the uh, food truck guy and very famous chef, they came out and they announced that they have a new show that's launching called The Chef Show. And if you saw the movie Chef, Yes. Which I loved. And I that was it. John Favreau running his own food truck. Well, it was Roy Choi who started the whole food truck movement here in L.A. with the Korean tacos uh, that taught him how to cook all, the, all that food uh, in that movie. So they've apparently become super close buds. And so now they're going to have, you know, a show where they go make food for celebrities and they talk about food with celebrities. Oh. And whatevs. Anyway, they're, they're both very charming. <laughs> but Roy Choi said something that I just want to say. No, stop saying that. Because he said when they asked, like, what? so what is the vibe of your show? He's like, 
it's just like a podcast. We're really going for that podcast vibe. And I would just like to say for all of you people who are already like directors of mega billion <laughs> movies, you know, John Favreau does Iron Man and Jungle Book. And didn't he do the new Lion King yes. that's coming out yes. this summer? Like, we don't need you encroaching on our space, okay? <laughs> Stay in your lane, all you people. Like Conan has a podcast. Everybody has a podcast now or wants a podcast. They've got a TV show, but they want it to sound like a podcast. I, I Just like, come on. It's supposed to go the other way. The people who have podcasts are supposed to work our way up the chain, not all of you famous people working your way down the chain. <laughs> but anyway, I'm sure I'll watch the TV show because I love those guys. And it was it was a very fun day. All right. Liz. Oh, and then we got the Cubano sandwiches at the end oh, that they like made, the, just like in the movie. In the movie. Chef. Oh, mm -hmm. that that alone is probably worth it. Totally worth the trip way over to Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> it's way over there. All right. So those are all the Netflix food shows. Good recap, Liz. Good Thank job. Thank you. Excellent See, no job. cooking involved, really. Just talking about cooking. All right, Liz, one more story. Are you familiar with the alt milk community? Is this something that you talked about a lot as, I've, on the well, Netflix I've, shows? I've noticed that there's just a lot more advertising for all kinds of alternative milks. Yes. And that there seems to be like sides being chosen in this whole drama. Is that where you're going with it's exactly this? exactly what's happening. Yeah. First of all, Liz, a competitor from Sweden has come into the alt milk community and just blown other alt milks out the door. Oh. And that would be oat milk. Oh, yeah. They're the ones I noticed. It's yeah. called Oatly or something? Yes. Oat milk. It's a Swedish product. And now, like, goodbye almond milk because oat milk is taking over at your neighborhood coffee shop, wherever, you know, at the refrigerated case in, yeah. your, in the grocery store. Oat milk, okay? I've noticed on my street now that, like, all of the shops have big signs up that say we now have oat milk. Yeah, it's like, a huge how deal. How is this happening? I don't know. I have to say, I have been suspicious of alt milks forever. Remember, didn't we have delightful Drew Barrymore on the show? And she was there pushing soy milk. Yes. And I was like, I just, I, I'm afraid to taste it. Right. I was afraid. And then yeah. just recently, I've started to use some almond milk in my overnight oats and yes. making the overnight oatmeal. Oh. And the almond milk is nice. It gives yeah. it a little unsweetened. I don't, unsweetened almond milk gives it a nice flavor, uh -huh. you know. But in a million years, I would never put it in a coffee or just no? drink. No. Because it's okay. It has texture, Liz. No one wants that. It has well, it's a not, half. It's not almonds. Oh, it does have half? Yeah, it has oh. like a thing. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm just cautiously moving into alt milks is what I'm saying. Yes. But you know who doesn't want you to even use the term milk? Who? The dairy. The milk people. The dairy people, Liz. <laughs> yes. So cow's milk consumption has fallen precipitously in the last decade. Okay. Cows are over? It's over. Dietary restrictions, environmental concerns. So people are reaching for these milk alternatives. But now the dairy people are suing because guess what? That's not really milk. Oh. As, as the spokesman for the National Dairy Association said, you can't milk an oat. Okay. <laughs> you can't do it. You can't oh, so do it. it's the cows so, versus everybody else. So now they're battling over the definition of milk. And uh -huh. there is some point to be made like Cow's milk actually has a lot of nutritional value, particularly for children, yeah. that these alt milks, these alt milk. They don't? No. Oh. No, Liz. See, that's the problem. That's There's the a lot of confusion. It makes it kind of smooth and creamy, but it doesn't provide the same levels of, of, okay. of nutrition, particularly for children. So just watch the battle between milk and alt milks, Liz. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just okay. saying. It's going to be big. But oat milk... I don't know. I, I was listening to an ad for oat milk the other day, and the copy in the ad, and this was on another podcast I listened to, was about how all the alt milks should hang together. Like, we don't care which kind you try. Just try something. You'll be surprised. And just as a marketing person, I thought, well, that's interesting Yeah, that they're basically promoting all of their competitors. Now I realize it's all of their competitors except the cows and except the goats. versus dairy. <laughs> yeah. And now mm. you so Oatly is the one, the Swedish milk. And now yeah. you see like PepsiCo is bringing out, uh, oh. you know, who owns Quaker Oats. They're going to bring out an oat beverage. Dannon, you know, has a silk. Ocean Spray is bringing out an oat as some sort of alt milk. Uh -huh. So, I mean, it's going to be an interesting battle list. That's okay. all I'm saying. Wow. You heard it here first. I know. So keep keep your eye open. M more food news. I'll be on it. <laughs> <laughs> Milk is changing, Liz, but your life doesn't have to. <laughs> or okay. it could. I know lots of people who only drink the alt milks. Just can't do the cow thing yeah. anymore. 
Well, I, you know, you I guess. You I just, I'm just suspicious. It's just not milk to me, but that's, but it's a beverage of some kind. Yeah. <laughs> You're willing to admit it's a beverage. <laughs> it's, it's liquid. It's a beverage of some kind. Beverage of some kind. Okay. All right. All right. We are wrapping up for today. We would like to thank our sponsors for this week's show. Thanks for supporting Satellite Sisters, and thanks to the people that support us. If you're looking for the codes or anything else you might need or links, Liz always puts them up at SatelliteSisters.com. As a reminder mm-hmm. there that we have a, a website. Yeah, oh. and they're in the show notes if you're listening on an app. Yeah. If you just swipe the cover art, it's all right there. Okay. Oh. Yeah, I can't believe I almost forgot to do I was this. just about to remind I, you. I'm sorry. You my, have pa- a, my papers are all over the place today. You have a tease for an upcoming big announcement, Okay. Right? So I know it's happening organically, speaking of milk. Speaking and of milk and cows. and cows. I know it's happening organically over there on the Facebook page that people are posting their, um, their cheese board photos, and we love them. I want you to save them. If you happen to be cheese boarding over the holiday weekend mm-hmm. this weekend, take a photo. That's all I can tell you. Mm-hmm. On June 4th, we're going to announce a huge cheeseboarding contest, the prize of which will blow your mind. It will blow your mind. We have secured <laughs> oh prizes. God. When we got the email about what this prize was going to be, and this is not why we're taking a very strong pro-cow stance, but <laughs> no. you know, we're really loving the cows lately. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just saying, hold on to your original cheeseboarding photos because there will be a purpose for them in uh-huh. the month of June. On the June 4th show, we're going to announce the contest and the prizes and how you enter. And we'll announce the winner on July 2nd for yeah. the 4th of July show. Mm-hmm. But just... Leon, I just think when you put your finger out, you crystallized for people yeah. that cheeseboarding is a thing. And right. it just sparked so much creativity. <laughs> yeah. So it did. Much, yeah. And enthusiasm. Uh-huh. And it doesn't all have to be about cheese, Liz. Yeah. It's no. just board, the board part is just as important. But... <laughs> Just hold on to those photos. If you cheese board this weekend, take a photo and save it in your phone. That's all we're saying. That's all we're going to say. Okay. And then we'd like to thank Sergio Enriquez for engineering the show. Thank, thank you, you, Sergio. We had, some, we had some stops and starts today. But Sergio figured it out, and he's made us sound great. Uh, Julie what, will be back next week. Yeah. You guys have the big party this weekend. Big party. This That's on my to-do list. Yep. I mean, yep. now, well, <laughs> once we get the house painted... <laughs> Uh, it occurred to me yesterday, I was like, oh, the food. I've got to <laughs> execute some food. When am I going to do that? So, and as I mentioned, as I texted you last night at about 7.30, my husband is out relandscaping the backyard. That's so good. he was doing that last night. <laughs> so, so relandscaping, check. House painted, yeah. check. In under the wire. Yeah. It's going to look great. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. And Liz, you're off to your reunion. Anything yeah. else? Yeah. No, just got to get that pedicure today and remember to pick up my stuff with the dry cleaner. That's okay. it. That's it. <laughs> then it's trains, planes, automobiles, all the way to Providence, Rhode Island. All right. We'll have a safe trip. Have Thank fun. You. Thank say you. Say hi to I your friends. I think I am going to have fun. Yeah. It'll be great. It always. You're always glad you went to yeah, things like that. Just say doodle sack. <laughs> Uh, That's so childish. Okay. We're the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.